Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Who is the Holy Spirit and how do you see Him? Today we're kicking off a new collection of talks, Icon, exploring the power of the Spirit in our day-to-day lives and the different symbols that represent Him throughout Scripture. In this message, The Dove, Welcome Holy Spirit, Pastor John Cherie Wilkerson shares on the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Discover more collection resources at foodchurch.com forward slash icon. Now, let's lean into the message. Is anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit today? Oh, come on, it's not just this room, but City, DD. Come on, let's thank God for His presence. I'm grateful, thank you, Jesus. Happy Sunday, everybody. How are we doing? Are you good? Hey, wherever you're watching from today, if there's somebody next to you, why don't you just look on your left and your right? Just tell somebody today, happy Sunday. So you look good today. I'm glad that I'm with you, sitting next to you. Well, my name is Dawn Sheree Wilkerson, and just like everyone else has already done, welcome to VU. We are really glad that you took the time to be with us right now. There are people watching from around the world. You're a part of this family. We're a part of the Capital C Church, the family of God. And uh, it's an honor that we get to be together, not just here in South Miami, but at Design District today and at our city location. And I'm so grateful for Everglades Correctional Institution. Come on, can we put our hands together for these incredible men of God? I'll tell you, Two weeks ago, um, I was preaching at Everglades and I was so impacted by the faith in the room. Our church is there every Tuesday night doing small group and every Wednesday night having a full service. And my life was encouraged. God's doing something powerful there at Everglades and we're speaking life over every single man. We love you, we're for you and God is for you. Come on right now, can we put our hands together? Just like it's already been stated, we're we're kicking off a brand new collection entitled Icon. And Icon really is a double entendre because it means someone who is influential, but also represents symbols. And we see throughout the Word of God symbols for the Holy Spirit. The dove, wind, fire, oil. And what these symbols are is simply handles that are attached to the truth of the nature and the character of the God that we serve and that fills us today. And we wanna take the next four weeks to dig deep, to understand the power that rests in us as the children of God, as we look to the icon of the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not a percentage. He is not an image, He is a person. And today we celebrate that His power lives within us. You know, the other meaning of icon is someone who is greatly influential. And I don't know about you, but I want the greatest influence in my life to be the person of the Holy Spirit. I don't want anybody else to shape me more than His voice, His wisdom, His comfort, His counsel. Oh, come on, can anybody testify that that's the desire of your heart? Holy Spirit, shape me, shape me, mold me. So today, we look to the Word of God, and I wanna open by reading from the book of John, 
John chapter 14, verse 25. can turn there with me, and this is Jesus speaking. Before He ascends to heaven, He is not left yet. He's speaking to His disciples, and He says this. Verse 25, these things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. Somebody say all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I wanna take the next few moments to talk to you on this thought, the dove. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Will you bow your heads and pray with me in every location? Lord, thank you so much that we are your people and that your spirit is real and active and moving even in this moment. We say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit, into our hearts, into our homes, to every part of our lives. There is nothing we withhold from you. We open up our hearts right now to receive your word. Change us by the power of your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Oh, come on, everybody said? Amen. Well, Rich today is preaching in the great state of Florida. We are gearing up for VUCON. Is anybody excited about VUCON? All of South Florida is gonna be together to lift up the name of Jesus and people from all over the world are coming in. We want you to be a part, but I'm missing my best friend today. Rich has been my best friend for 21 years. We've been married for 16 years and I'm telling you, there's nobody I'd wanna do life with. I'm so grateful for him. And when he's gone, we'll FaceTime him. Uh, my phone automatically puts together these beautiful, um, these beautiful picture stories. Does your phone do that? Like, it pops up, it's like memories. And all of a sudden, before I know it, I'm crying. I'm like remembering all of these, these different seasons we walk through. My kids love to watch all of the picture stories that my phone creates. And I, while I love looking at a picture of Rich while he's gone, because how many of you know pictures are powerful, right? They do, they evoke emotion. They take you right back to that moment when you were with that person making that memory. But how many of you know that there's nothing like actually being with the person? So while I love looking at pictures of Rich when he's gone, if you give me the choice of looking at a picture of Rich or actually sitting with him and talking and being in his presence. How many of you know I'm gonna choose to be with him every single time? Every single time. And I think when it comes to following Jesus, there are people that have entrusted their lives to Jesus and don't understand the power that lives within them. They read the stories of Jesus as he walked with us, as he talked with us. And it's as if they are looking at a picture of their savior and knowing that he's gonna come back again one day for us and just waiting until they can be face to face. When Jesus says, oh no friend, I have sent the Holy Spirit. You don't have to sit and stare at a picture. Come on somebody, you can stand and you can step into my presence every moment of your day, every season of your life. I am with you always. 
His Spirit is with us. And you know, when we read through the Gospels, the stories of Jesus, what He did, what He said, the miracles that He performed, He was all God and He was all man. He was bound to a physical human body, meaning that when Jesus was sent to this earth as a baby, and as he grew into a man, he could only be in one place at one time. And everyone who encountered him wherever he was, they were healed, they were set free. People were never interruptions for Jesus. Do you know that you are never an interruption for Jesus? No matter what you're facing, no matter what season of life, no matter how dark the valley, you are never an interruption to Jesus. Everywhere Jesus walked, he spoke life. He reached out to those who were marginalized and he brought them in. There was always a seat at the table with Jesus. Jesus gave his life on Calvary 2,000 years ago and then he resurrected to brand new life. And after walking with the disciples after his resurrection and so many seeing that the resurrection was true, he then ascended to the Father. But before he ascends to the Father, you need to know this, because it impacts your every moment. Jesus promises something to all of the disciples and to everyone who would put their faith and trust in him throughout history. He says, I will send the counselor, the comforter. In fact, I just wanna read it once again. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, I know that I've been bound to this physical human body, but I'm about to send the power of my spirit. And when my spirit comes to this earth, it will fill every single believer from this moment forward on every continent and every country, in every neighborhood of every age, all at the same time, they will be empowered by my spirit. The same power that raised me to life will now live inside of you. Oh, come on, somebody should just praise God right now. That is good news. Now we get to walk with him. We get to talk with him. And it brings such a deep revelation when you realize even today, as people lined these altars and joined hands and prayed, it was spirit to spirit. It was not just physical hands. It was two eternal beings being led by the same spirit. And as one person was praying, they were being led by the spirit to know what to pray for. And as the other person was receiving, they were receiving the spirit's encouragement and empowerment. It is a revelatory experience when you awaken to the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, the Holy Spirit, he empowers, he unifies, he reveals, and he purifies. There are the gifts of the Spirit. There is the fruit of the Spirit. You and I are filled with the Spirit. Are you getting the picture today? 
There is no end to what the Spirit offers us as He comes alongside us. Have you limited this person of the Holy Spirit within you? Are you open and sensitive to His voice and His leading and what He would like to teach you? Because Jesus said He would teach you all things. That tells me that there's no arena in your life that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to shape, reveal, and lead in. You need to know the Holy Spirit. Now it's funny, just because you're with someone doesn't mean you know them, right? Have you ever been with somebody and they just don't want to get to know you? They're just talking to everybody else and you can be in the same room for days, weeks, even years and not even know that person. May that not be the story of our lives with the Holy Spirit. May we seek to know him, to submit our lives to him. He is our comforter, he's our intercessor, he is our helper, he is our teacher. You know, I grew up in church, I gave my life to Jesus at a young age. But when I was 16 years old, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that transformed my life. I have never been the same, and the power that I felt as he filled my heart to overflowing. I was bound by fear as a 16-year-old. You know, people talk about that faith will cause you to do crazy things. Let me tell you, fear will cause you to do crazy things. Fear will cause you to not walk through doors that God has opened and that only he could open for you. You'll stay on the outside because of fear. Fear makes you do crazy things. I used to hide in church in the restroom because I was so afraid that my dad would call me up to sing, call me up to share. I would find any reason to get out of church. I was paralyzed by fear. I was haunted by fear. I was tormented and bound by fear. And I had an encounter in the presence of God where God, he freed me of my fear. And it wasn't that he took away the fear. No, he empowered me with boldness to walk through my fear, to act even though I felt fear, to know that his power inside of me was greater than the fear that tried to attack me. Let me tell you, there is no competition between the enemy and our God. If there's a war going on in your heart today, you can just submit your life fully to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and he wins every single time. And he changed my life. He changed my life, and I've never been the same since. It was a spirit baptism that filled me with a power that was not my own. And the things I feared, I now knew that I was called to. And it wasn't that I wanted to say something, it was that I had something to say. The Holy Spirit has been my comforter. The Holy Spirit has been my companion. I've walked through this life in many seasons alone, but like Paul, 
all of us who are filled with the presence of God by surrendering our lives to Jesus, we can say, though no one stood at my side, the Lord, he stood with me. You may not see him, but I feel him. You may not acknowledge his power, but his power rests in me. And I know I don't walk alone. He's been my counselor. He's taught me things about myself that I didn't understand. He's revealed the nature of God through the scriptures. The reason I get so excited about VUCON is because I know that June 15th through the 18th, that people are gonna have the same encounter that I had when I was 16 years old. They may be 65, they may be 42, they may be nine years old, but that same Holy Spirit is gonna baptize them, filling them with the power from on high, tearing away every attack of the enemy and letting them walk into the freedom of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Can you testify that his power has freed you? That's why we gather. Don't miss it. That's why we gather. It's always been the mission to encounter the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been exactly who Jesus promised he would be in my life. And he will do the same for you. I've seen the Holy Spirit bring peace to hospital rooms. I've seen the Holy Spirit bring comfort by the bedside of someone who is walking into the presence of God for the first time and ending this life here on earth. I've seen the Holy Spirit mend marriages that were broken beyond repair. I've seen the Holy Spirit create brand new life for people that had been cast away with no vision or hope for their future. I've seen the Holy Spirit bring peace to people who can't sleep at night. I've seen the Holy Spirit bring words of wisdom and discernment when people are at a crossroads of confusion and chaos. And it's not based on our striving and it's not based on our earning. It's accessible to us all. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Bring us healing with your warm embrace. Show your power, make your presence known. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Breath of God, we need a touch from you. Shine down on us with your light of truth. Stir our hearts, set our spirits free. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. It's a whisper. It's a prayer. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. You say, Don Shree, why are you singing? Because you need a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. And more than what I'm teaching you today, you need an experience. 
You need to know that he is a spirit and you may not be able to see him, but he physically manifests in a day-to-day way that is undeniable. Holy Spirit, you are, you are welcome here. You're welcome in my home, Lord, with my crazy kids. God, you're welcome at my job, Lord, with my crazy boss. Lord, you're welcome in every season of my life. I trust you. I need you. I surrender to you. Holy Spirit wants to fill every area of your life. And today I wanna take a few minutes to look to the symbol of the Holy Spirit that is the dove. We see the dove throughout the scriptures and I believe that as we look to the symbol of the dove for the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal his nature to you and his power and his strength that is available to you today. You know, we see this symbol of the dove on bumper stickers, on t-shirts that are Christian, on revival posters. It seems like the dove has always been an icon for the power of the God that we serve. But what does it actually mean? I wanna look to the scriptures for the place that the dove appears. And in order for us to discover this, we need to look to the icon of the Holy Spirit that is found in the gospels. And as we read the writing of the New Testament writers and how they correlate it to the Old Testament symbolism of the dove. You know, it's one that will impact our church life, It's one that will impact your marriage and your individual walk. It's one that will impact your journey of following Jesus and understanding the power of the presence of God that rests inside of you. Through looking at this symbolism throughout the word of God, we can understand our present suffering and the hope of God that is available to us in the here and now and the promise of hope that is to come. I'd love to read where we see the dove appear in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that is the story of Jesus's baptism. We read of the dove in all four of the gospels and we see this beautiful picture of Jesus being baptized. We read the story of Jesus's cousin, John, who's known as John the Baptist, because he's out in the wilderness, anointed to be a prophet, to herald the coming savior, who happens to be his cousin. And John is called out to the wilderness to preach a gospel of repentance. He's saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's out in the wilderness baptizing people. One day his cousin shows up. Jesus comes on the scene. But now John sees with fresh eyes through the eyes of the spirit. This isn't just his cousin, but this is the anointed one. This is the savior of the world. This is the Messiah. And he is asked to be baptized. And John doesn't wanna baptize Jesus. Who would wanna baptize Jesus? I am unworthy, he cries, but Jesus insists. And as John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, this is what we read of in Matthew chapter three, verse 16 and 17. It says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, 
This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is what we need to understand about the dove, is that the dove welcomes a new world. The dove welcomes a new world. See, the dove can be linked in the New Testament to symbolism found in the Old Testament. In fact, the early readers would have immediately, when reading of the dove, thought of Genesis and the story of Noah building the ark and all of a sudden the flood comes and destroys the earth because God is creating anew and afresh. He's taking away everything that he had once created and he's starting all over again. For the early readers, they would have immediately correlated the dove to this Old Testament passage where Noah, as he's waiting for the flood waters to settle and for this new world to be revealed. Scripture says, Genesis chapter eight, then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground, but the dove found no place to set her foot and she returned to him to the ark for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put on out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove and she did not return to him any more. Here we see a picture in the Old Testament of the dove being sent forth to a brand new earth that God has created. And when the earth is ready to be inhabited, the dove does not return to Noah, but resides in the new earth. And this directly correlates to what we read in the Gospel of Matthew, that Jesus is heralding a new world, a new kingdom, a new era that all things are passing away and everything is becoming new through his life. And the dove doesn't just come and leave, but the dove rests upon Jesus to say everything is changing now. There will no longer be sacrifices for the remission of sin. There will no longer be an annual return to try to cover the sins of my life. But Jesus is ushering in a brand new era, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that through Jesus, everything is changing. There's a new kingdom at hand. There's a new era at hand. The Holy Spirit is the harbinger. He is the one who welcomes. He is the one who activates, heralds, and originates the major change that is taking place, the dove descending says everything changes now. Everything changes now. How does this connection apply to Jesus? Well, we see Jesus now empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. He starts immediately his ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he starts to proclaim the new era and he starts to demonstrate the new era. 
How many of you know we can do nothing apart from the Spirit of God? You can preach all you want. It has no power without the power of the Spirit. You can gotta demonstrate the kingdom of God, but without the power of the Holy Spirit, it is empty. And when the dove rests on Jesus, he is empowered to now herald and demonstrate the new world. This is the hinge of history. You know, Jesus literally divides history. And this is a moment where history is dividing. There's a demarcation. Nothing will be the same after this moment. We see it in Matthew chapter four, verse 23. We see this proclamation and demonstration of the Spirit. It says, and we went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So as Matthew is writing of Jesus, he's imagining Jesus as the harbinger of this new world, that Jesus is proclaiming the good news and demonstrating the good news. Matthew chapter four, we read that passage we just read. Five chapters go by and we read almost the exact same summary. It's interesting and we should take note of it. Matthew chapter nine, verse 35, a direct parallel to what we just read. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. So what happens between Matthew chapter four and Matthew chapter nine? Matthew chapter four and Matthew chapter nine are bookends that directly parallel one another, reiterating what Jesus is proclaiming and demonstrating. But between chapters five and chapter nine, we actually see Jesus doing just that. Because Matthew chapter five verse through chapter seven is the Sermon on the Mount. What is the Sermon on the Mount? It's the proclamation of a new kingdom. He's declaring that this is a new world, this is a new era, everything is changing now, you are blessed. And then you go on to Matthew chapter eight and verse nine, and you read story after story of Jesus not just proclaiming, but now demonstrating the new era. Blind eyes see, the lame are able to walk, the dead are brought back to life. People that are tormented by evil spirits are given freedom. Jesus doesn't just preach good news. How many of you know he proclaims and then he demonstrates good news? It's a new world. It's a brand new world because Jesus is here. And Matthew shows us that when Jesus is at work through the power of the Spirit, that his life proclaims and demonstrates this brand new world. How many of you know that as followers of Jesus filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, our lives too proclaim and demonstrate that everything is changing, that this is a new era, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that you and I proclaim with the message of our life, the reconciliation that the Father has begun to bring all of humanity back to his heart. That you and I, with our daily conversations, that we proclaim the grace, the mercy, the love, the faithfulness of the God that we know.
and the God that we serve. And that you and I, we don't just proclaim. How many of you know through the power of the Holy Spirit in us? Friends, that proclamation leads to demonstration. And that demonstration happens not just in the house. This is a place where we gather to be reminded of who we are and to lift Jesus up on high. But friends, then we go out into the streets. We go out to our workplaces, to our families, to our family barbecues, to the baby showers, to the boardroom, and we demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. Healings can take place in the grocery store. The Prince of Peace shows up in the coffee shop. (laughs) Miracles break forth in your living room. You are not just called to proclaim, we then demonstrate. And this is what Matthew is showing us. He shows that the dove empowers Jesus and just like the dove rests on Jesus, the Holy Spirit now rests on you to proclaim and to demonstrate. When we experience the Holy Spirit as the dove in our lives, it determines our messages and our actions. I spoke about it last week, but our prayers lead us to practice, and our practice leads us to pilgrimage. And you know, this doesn't happen in a silo. Some of you are just waiting to be able to have that year that's not as busy so you can really lean into the things of God. This is a on-the-spot empowerment. This is a moment-by-moment leading and guiding. This is a every moment of your day presence and empowerment of the Spirit. I love the story of the, of the man who went into the desert for 12 years because he really wanted to focus on his prayer life and become contemplative. He returned home after 12 years to his house and was talking with his mom only to have the revelation that his mother who had been at home raising children for over 30 years was far more in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit than he was after spending 12 years in the desert. Friends, your current season does not confine or limit the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Rather, it activates the Holy Spirit in you. If you will open up your life to him, he'll use it all. He'll use it all to shape you in his image. I walked upon the Sea of Galilee where we read that this passage where Jesus is proclaiming and teaching and healing and demonstrating. I've walked the Sea of Galilee where this took place. When I was a teenager, it marked me. But I returned last November. It's powerful to see that they have discovered an actual synagogue that it's not just maybe Jesus taught here, but they are sure that Jesus stood in this synagogue and proclaimed and taught. And as you walk along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, you can't help but sense that Jesus walked here with his followers, empowered by the Spirit to proclaim and to demonstrate the coming of a new age and a new world. 
Think about it. All of history was on a hinge as he proclaimed. Everything is changing now. The door that had been shut to all of us is about to swing open through the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord. This is changing everything. But the mistake would be to go to the Sea of Galilee and think, oh, this is the holy place. Oh, this is where I need to be. This is where it happened. I need to be in the holy place. Friends, there are not holy places. We are a holy people. Because when Jesus said, it is finished, the veil in the holy of holies was ripped from top to bottom. And the spirit got out. And from that moment, he has filled every believer, empowering us to proclaim and demonstrate that the kingdom of God is here. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's give God praise in this house. A city, a design district, let's give him praise. We're holy people. We're holy people. And if you want to proclaim and if you want to demonstrate, there must be a sensitivity to the spirit in your soul. You think about a dove, you know, my kids love in Miami, there are always birds all around, right? Like if you're eating outside, watch out, friends. But what is it about birds? They're easily, they move as soon as you, if you aren't careful and peaceful the way you approach them, friends, we need to have a sensitivity to the spirit. We need to, if the Holy Spirit resides in you, don't you know that he's gonna change the way you feel about things? Sometimes you may feel sad about something. Maybe it's because the Holy Spirit's sad about it. Sometimes you may be grieved by something. It might be because the Holy Spirit's grieved by it. Sometimes you might feel really passionate about it. It might be because the Holy Spirit's very passionate about it. But you'll never discover who the Holy Spirit is unless you have a sensitivity to seek him. You'll never be able to proclaim unless you actually know the person. He is not a percentage. You don't have 10% of the Holy Spirit and your neighbor or your pastor has 95%. Friends, he is with you. You'll never walk alone. If you seek him, you will find him. If you're open to his hands, he will shape you. If you ask him to guide you, he will counsel you. He will teach you all things. Do we have a sensitivity to it? Are we called to proclaim and demonstrate? Yes. But are we sensitive to the invitation? on a day-to-day basis. And I think about I Love My City. Yesterday, there were 22 different outreaches. It's important for you to connect the dots on why we do what we do. It's important for you to get a big picture. You're not just showing up on a Saturday, but the Holy Spirit is, is at work. He's doing something in our city as we show up with a willingness to proclaim and demonstrate that the kingdom of God is here. We did 22 different outreaches yesterday. They're not projects. People are not projects. They're outreaches. Because we get to proclaim the good news that we hold for ourselves. And yesterday we wrote letters to teenagers and prayed over Bibles that we'd be given away for free. We fed the homeless. We prayed with people on the street. We had a beautiful brunch for single teen mothers in a group home. You can go through the list of all that transpired. It didn't happen because we just said, meet us here. It happened because individuals said, I'm called to proclaim and not just speak that I follow Jesus, but now I'm gonna demonstrate the power of Jesus. And when I show up, 
to give food, I do it in the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God. And when I pray with someone on the street, I do it in the name of Jesus and the new kingdom of God. And when I provide out of a generosity of a heart that is full of gratitude, I do it in the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God. I'm not just doing good deeds. I'm representing Jesus. The mission of Jesus. That's not only what we see in the symbolism of the dove. Lastly, today, we see the dove as one who welcomes a new creation. It's a new world, new kingdom, new era. But also we see the Holy Spirit as a harbinger, the one who announces and welcomes and creates and empowers a new creation. It is by the work of the Spirit that our lives are changed. I know your five-year plan is great. It's not gonna change your spirit. Holy Spirit changes us. We see in the book of John that John too is painting a picture and a correlation from the baptism to the Genesis account. John says in John chapter one, verse 32, and John bore witness, I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. The event of Jesus' baptism has elements of an apocalyptic event. You say, Don Shree, what does that mean? An apocalyptic event is one that speaks to the suffering of people with a perspective that is from heaven. So the clouds parting, apocalyptic. The voice of God speaking down, apocalyptic. As the dove comes and rests on Jesus, is speaking to the new creation. And John knew this. In fact, John so clearly correlates the new creation that is found through Jesus to the creation story in Genesis. We see in Genesis the Spirit brooding over the waters as creation is taking place. And then in John and in all the Gospels, we see the dove brooding over the waters of baptism. What is the message? It's that the Spirit of God creates a new creation. And just like the Spirit of God hovered over the deep, the chaos and the darkness, and then God through creation, brought creation to a place where he said, it is good. Is it not the story of our lives? That the Holy Spirit hovered over the broken areas of our life, the darkness that was nothing, and through the power of his spirit, God now looks down on our lives as a son of God, as a daughter of God, and he proclaims over you, it is good. It is good. It is good. There's a new creation taking place and John doesn't want you to miss it. He makes sure of it, that this is a new creation. We read that John begins chapter one, verse one by saying in the beginning. We know that Genesis 1, 1 says in the beginning. 
We read that John in chapter one, verse five says, the light shines in the darkness. Genesis says in verse one, chapter one, three, let there be light. John says, chapter one, verse four, in him was life. Genesis 1:24 says, let the earth bring forth living creatures. By echoing Genesis, John is connecting Jesus to it. Friends, this is not two different stories. This story cover to cover is the story of redemption, of Jesus, of new life, of hope, of future glory, of reconciliation to the Father. John says, oh yeah, we're going all the way back. God will redeem all through Jesus. The Father won't miss a thing. He won't leave one season out. He's gonna make everything good because He's sending His Son. And that speaks hope to every single season of our life. Now, I don't know how people make it without Jesus. I don't know how death makes sense without Jesus. I don't know how you have hope as you walk through depression without Jesus. I don't know how you go through the loss of a loved one without Jesus or how you walk through a a situation or a tough season in your marriage without Jesus. I don't know how you try to make sense of this life and find purpose and, and believe in that word destiny without Jesus. But let me tell you, with Jesus, there's always hope to cling to. There's always joy that comes in the morning. There's always new mercies. There's always power available to you. There's peace because it's not something He gives, it's who He is. It's who He is. This apocalyptic proclamation brings hope to our sorrow brings peace to our despair. Where do you need a new beginning? Where do you need to be remade? Where do you need healing? Where do you need redemption? Because the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And as you walk out of these doors, I hope that you aren't just holding on to my words because my words won't bring transformation, but the words of Jesus, of the God that we serve, want to be resounded in your spirit by the reminder of the Holy Spirit that there's nothing beyond His hands, nothing. So you need a new beginning, here it is. He makes all things new. Last night, my son Wyatt, who's five years old, I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and a one-year-old. It's crazy in my house. But my son Wyatt was praying, and he was praying, and he said, "Um, and God, I just pray for Rich. That's my dad. (laughs) Isn't it funny how sometimes we approach God like he doesn't know anything about our situation? How often do we come to God thinking that we gotta clue him in on what we're facing, on the torment in our mind, on the difficulties in our family. The Holy Spirit wants to counsel you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And I think it's beautiful because when I think of new creation, my son's over in Vu Kids right now. And friends, sometimes we think of new creation as some crazy story of someone's done all these things and then all of a sudden God transforms their life. And I love testimonies like that. 
But friends, sin is sin. And my son was born sinful. He's five years old, he's in need of a savior. And this year through VU Kids, he's given his life to Jesus. And can I tell you, I'm pretty excited about it. But let me tell you this, because I genuinely mean it. I can see the change. I can see that he is growing, that he's more patient, that he's kind. I can see the work of the Spirit in his life as a five-year-old. It's real, it's tangible, and it just makes me want more of the God that we love and know. Because I know he wants to do a new work in me today if I'll surrender to the Spirit. I know that He will work and change any life that just entrusts itself to His hands. With the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. And just like I see the new in my son, Wyatt, at five years old, I want people to continually see the new in me. I don't wanna remain the same. I wanna grow in my patience and my grace for others. I wanna grow in my discernment and my wisdom and it's not by reading every new book that is released. I love reading, but friends, I need the power of the Spirit to teach me far beyond my years, to lead me in ways that I could never see, but He sees and He creates. Jesus poured His Spirit out upon the church in Acts and we'll be studying that next week. Pentecost Sunday. Be studying the power of the Holy Spirit this entire month. I guess my question to you is, do you know Jesus? Because when Jesus was baptized, the Father says, this is my Son, my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. I can't believe that Jesus sent His Son that He loved so that I could be His daughter so that you could be his son. He sent the one that he loved so that he could draw all of us to his heart. Indeed, it was the dawn of a new world where we would not have to make sacrifices or be ridden by guilt for our, our entire life, but we could walk into freedom through belief and trust and surrender to Jesus to all who received him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to be called sons of God. Children of God. Do you know him? Can we stand to our feet all over this room? Would you just bow your heads with me? I believe that there are people at every location that the Holy Spirit drew you. You didn't know why you showed up to church today friend invited you, you're going through a rough time and you don't know where else to turn, looking for purpose, trying to make sense of this life. Life doesn't make sense without Jesus. He is life. Do you know him? Because the greatest, the greatest knowing that you could ever step into is to know that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God and that you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit's drawing people to his heart.
I wanna give you the opportunity to respond. I'm just gonna count to three. You're not responding to me, you're responding to your creator. One, this isn't between you and your neighbor, it's between you and Jesus. Two, don't put off a decision to tomorrow that God brought you here to make today. Three, all over this room, at DD, at City, those watching online, if you choose Jesus, just raise your hand. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna surrender my life to Jesus. I see your hands. I see your hands all over this room. I know at every location, people are choosing Jesus. We wanna stand with you. You can put your hands down. All of us together, we're gonna pray this prayer. In fact, if you feel comfortable, we're all just gonna lift our hands. It's an act of surrender. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me. You rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I wanna walk with you. I wanna talk with you. Empowered by your spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we aren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in your next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com forward slash online. We love you.